This is News Talk 980 CKNW. 6.33 on this Saturday morning. Thanks so much for being with us. So we have seen plenty of protests in this province. You can go back in history. You don't have to go back that far, though, to think of one. You can think of the Kinder Morgan pipeline protest. And if you simplify it, one would think protest a pipeline, stop it from being built, and that would be good for the environment. Well, my next guest is the director of the Natural Resources Centre at the Canada West Foundation. He's also co-authored a piece in McLean's magazine which takes a look at the history of protest and why perhaps that isn't the best way to save the environment. Trevor McLeod joins us on the line now. Trevor, good morning. Good morning. Good morning. Uh, Talk a little bit about uh, the article. Looking back, it does go through a lot of the history of protest. Uh, why, Why is it that perhaps we need to rethink or opponents need to rethink these types of protests? Yeah, as you said, the article tells the story of the origins of pipeline opposition and, and makes the point that from a greenhouse gas perspective, stopping pipelines no longer makes sense. It may actually increase global greenhouse gas emissions. So a whole bunch of reasons for that. We really had a collision course between sort of the energy sector innovation, in particular oil sand sector innovation, which was trying to, um, you know, solve a global problem, which was that the world was running out of oil, this whole peak oil concept. Uh, concept. And so we wanted to get the oil out of the sands uh, economically, and uh, and ultimately were successful despite a lot of naysayers saying they weren't able to do it. So Canada became a big global player, et cetera. But at the same time, a very frustrated environmental movement, which was stymied by an impasse in Kyoto and an attempt to, or an inability to divide the pie, the global emissions pie between developed nations and, and uh, less developed nations. Becoming a bit impatient, then we had the election of President Obama, who who chose health care over the environment in the sense that uh, the Waxman-Markey bill, which was a cap-and-trade bill in, in the U.S., was supposed to deal with greenhouse gas emissions, died on the on the order paper. And so the goal became ultimately to stop stop the oil sand. So we had this collision course, and uh, and we've been on that course for a while. Uh, in the uh, the article, uh, and you touched on this, one of the lines is, uh, if oil sands carbon intensity continues to fall, then keeping oil sands in the ground and stopping new pipelines may actually increase global GHG emissions. Uh, can you explain that a little bit? Sure. So basically, the opposition on a greenhouse gas perspective to the oil sands has always been based on this idea that the oil sands have a higher greenhouse gas content than uh, alternative crudes, right? And so, so competitors to the oil sands include Venezuela heavy, Mexican Mayan. These are cheaper oils that are refined in the United States in, in many senses. And so, uh, to the extent that they're there's always been some debate about the intensity of greenhouse gas emissions from the oil sands compared to those uh, crudes. But compared to the average barrel of oil consumed in the United States, oil sands has tended to be higher in, in greenhouse gas emissions. So there's so much happening now in the oil sands sector in Alberta uh, on the greenhouse gas emission reduction side that it may no longer make sense. So if you look at uh, if you look at Synovus, uh, they have an audacious goal to get to zero greenhouse gas emission oil. Imperial Oil has a Cold Lake solvent project, which is just ramping up, that uh, expects to get 30 to 40% greenhouse gas emission reduction uh, uh, reductions and cost reductions. 
and then there's something called paraffinic froth treatment, which has a low boiling point and, and no upgrade is required. So we're really talking about a drastic reduction in greenhouse gas emissions from the oil sands. And to the extent that that happens, and to the extent that the world continues to need energy, which is pretty much not disputed, but there's lots of dispute about, you know, what kind of energy is going to fuel uh, the energy increase, demand increase. But to the extent that oil continues to, to fuel some of that, which is largely expected, then the oil sands don't look so bad and may actually reduce global greenhouse gas emissions. Uh, so is the message being lost or is that part of the, the story being lost when we continually see protests? Uh, Kinder Morgan, for one example, people who protest that pipeline, but really those protests are to shut down the oil sands. Yeah, I think I think that's part of it. I think, uh, you know, we, we some of these campaigns were created at a time when when it, it, it arguably made sense to um, to uh, try to shut down oil sands production on a greenhouse gas uh, uh basis. Now Canada's taken action, right? So the federal government's taken action. Alberta's put in a 100 megaton cap on greenhouse gas emissions from the oil sands. So if the goal was to um, get Canada to take action and to, to move on greenhouse gas emissions, I think that's been accomplished. If the goal was to reduce global greenhouse gas emissions, I think that the fundamentals underlying this have changed, and we haven't really caught up with those. And I think we need it's time for a rethink on that basis. Uh, and when we look at Canada as, as a country, uh, is it not only responsible for about 2% of the world's greenhouse gas emissions uh, and the pipe, uh, sorry, the oil sands are, are a percentage of that? Uh, whereas we tend to, to hear for, for people who kind of put it, paint it with one brush that it's all bad, you would think that it's, it's, it's far more harmful. You know, I mean, you hear that argument a lot. I mean, I, my view is that we do need to do something to reduce our greenhouse gas emissions in this country. Um, there's a lot that we can <clears throat> excuse me there's a lot that we can do um, so i don't i don't see that as an excuse not to do anything but i do think that the fundamentals have changed here and if the goal is actually to reduce global greenhouse gas emissions then we need to be paying attention to whether our actions from an environmental perspective and from a oil production perspective are actually doing that and i think we're i think the those are changing uh, you talk about, or you write about the, the Kyoto Protocol in um, this article and about uh, what happened with the protocol. What about with the Paris Agreement now? Uh, where do you see that taking us? Well, the Paris Agreement, yeah, lots of talk lately about uh, the United States pulling out. You know, the Paris Agreement at base is a voluntary agreement with uh, commitments made by, by countries uh, around the world that are frankly not enforceable. But it was a, uh, you know, a strong um, sort of moral document. And, you know, it's, uh, it's, there was a lot of momentum when it was signed, and, and that momentum seems to be in some ways decreasing. But, you know, I think, I think that uh, the world seems to be uh, largely on this path to a lower carbon future. And I think it's incumbent upon us in Canada to really pay attention to that and to, not take the short-term view, but take the long-term view and pay attention to how we can actually reduce our greenhouse gas emissions and global greenhouse gas emissions. So it's not just about reducing them at home so that, you know, we may have limited economic uh, ability here, uh, but really paying attention to the global picture and seeing how we can contribute to that. I think the, the goal has to be for Canada to take on some of these big global cha- challenges, like, frankly, they used to do in, the, in Alberta with the oil sands. It, this was, it's hard to remember, but this was an attempt to solve a big global problem, which was that we were running out of oil. 
And so I think if we harness the innovation of the energy sector and the oil, oil sector, we can actually do a lot to, uh, to help reduce global greenhouse gas emissions and tackle that big problem. And what about on the world stage when we talk about the oil sands in Alberta working towards a goal of zero emissions oil? Uh, do we not need other countries that are oil producing co- countries to do the same thing? Yeah, I think so. I mean, I think I think that's the goal is to is to get uh, everybody focused on on reducing their emissions and uh, and and doing so in a way that's that's cost efficient so that the energy that we have is is uh, is affordable. Um, so yes, and I think there's also a, there's also a huge role for renewable energy technologies and 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 other and other things. So there's it's sort of an all hands on deck strategy, and and we need to be doing something, but others need to be doing something as well. So, but I think Alberta, for example, when they put in place its carbon price, it's focused on energy intensive trade exposed sectors. So. So basically, they're not going to disadvantage the trade exposed sectors such that, you know, we have what's called carbon leakage where, where, um, economic activity and the emissions associated with that go to other countries where they aren't putting a price on carbon. So they've dealt with that effectively and there are ways to deal with those competitiveness issues effectively, um, through your system design. All right. Well, Trevor, it's a, it's a very interesting read. I really appreciate you coming on the show this morning and talking about it. Thank you so much. My pleasure. Vancouver's News, Vancouver's Talk. This is News Talk 980 CKNW.